Hey everybody, welcome to Best Flicks. This week I'm going to be talking about everything that Amazon Prime is bringing to the table for March of 2021. Uh, first, I want to get a couple of plugs out. You are listening to Best Flicks. You can find me on Twitter at Best Flicks, Ricky D. I'm also part of the Sudden But Inevitable podcast where we're watching Firefly and doing weekly breakdowns live every Friday night. You can follow us on at Sudden But on Twitter. Or if you search Twist My Arm on Facebook, because we're part of the Twist My Arm network, you can go ahead and follow us on Facebook, and you will see our videos pop up live, and you'll also see everything else from the Twist My Arm network. So please follow me on at D. Follow us on at Sudden Butt. And also make sure to check out Twist My Arm on Facebook and at Twist My Arm Cast on Twitter. All right, so now we're doing the breakdown of everything on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is kind of an interesting free streaming network. Uh, free is an interesting word. It comes with Amazon Prime, which I think everybody has. Everybody in America, every American has Amazon Prime, uh, which makes uh, the Amazon Prime streaming service the most subscribed to streaming service however i'm not sure that they get nearly the percentage of views so i can research that i can look up the fact that amazon prime video streaming has the highest subscribers that i can definitely find but when it comes to actual viewership and that kind of thing those numbers are a little more uh, in concrete, is that what word? Those numbers are a little more porous, uh, so it's hard to decide who's getting the most views, who's getting the most hours, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I personally watch very little Amazon Prime. Uh, last couple things I watched on Amazon Prime were, of course, Borat subsequent movie film. Uh, growing up, I graduated in 2006, which is exactly when Borat came out. I think Borat came out around 2005, and I was just one of those awful, annoying teenagers just going around, very nice, nice to meet, uh, all of that fun stuff. <clears throat> uh, Borat was a huge impact on my life, and it also it made me a big fan of Sasha Barra Cohen, and I looked up his entire De Ali G show, which was used to be an HBO exclusive, but I don't see HBO touting it anywhere. Uh, I have a very hard time finding anything from the Ali G show, uh, but Sasha Baron Cohen is just an absolute genius, uh, and I loved being able to. I loved him getting back into the Borat character. Uh, a couple other things I've seen on Amazon Prime: they did a one series, one season series called Utopia. Uh, that was this really interesting little show. It was kind of superhero-esque. It was also about a uh, some kind of infection that was destroying mankind. And there was this woman, Jessica Hyde, who was the superhero who was kind of hidden behind an extra who hidden behind identities, and she was supposed to stop the spread of the of this infection. Uh, Utopia was a pretty good series, and it's only one season, and that's kind of one of my favorite things is really good one-season shows. As much as 
as disappointing as it is for them to slip out of our hands so early, like Firefly, it's still, you can get this extremely impactful, great show in some nice little bite sizes. So I I really like, uh, you know, shows that maybe cut off before their prime, but it makes them more easily digestible. And finally, for my favorite Amazon Prime shows, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you haven't seen Marvelous Miss Maisel, it is so good. It's about this uh, young girl growing up in this very, very waspy Jewish family where everything is the way it's, you know, her whole life is set out for her. Um, She's supposed to be married by the time she's 20 years old. She's supposed to start having children by the time she's 23 years old, all of this. But she wants to be a comedian. So while she's supposed to be very prim and proper, uh, she finds these ways to sneak out and go into clubs, and she she's actually very foul-mouthed, and she runs into some very interesting characters that uh, Miss Maisel, if she were living her day life, she would never run across. But in this nightlife that she starts to build for herself so she can become a comedian, she comes across some really great characters. So far, there are three seasons of Marvelous Miss Maisel. I know they are currently filming the fourth Uh, Do yourself a favor. You have to see Marvelous Miss Maisel. It's top-notch. It's probably the best show on Amazon Prime, in my personal opinion. But, all of that being said, it's time to launch in to what we do here on Best Flicks with Ricky D. And we're going to break down everything coming to Amazon Prime for the month of March 2021. We're going to start out with the movies dropping on March 1st. We're going to start out with 48 Hours. This came out in 1982. This is an early 80s buddy cop flick starring Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'm not into the kind of just buddy cop movies. Uh, I could watch, what was, uh, Lethal Weapon? <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2, 3, 4 with Riggs and Murtaugh. Uh, I feel like those pretty much handled everything. However... Uh, some people just really like that genre, and at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, if you're into that genre, maybe like for an older audience, like my dad would love this movie, I'm pretty sure, check out 48 Hours. Uh, and then there's also the sequel, Another 48 Hours, came out in 1990, eight years later. That one's only 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. I imagine it's pretty much the same movie, just significantly inferior. So watch 48 Hours. It looks like it's definitely a movie for a certain audience. And you might want to skip another 48 Hours. All right, we got 50-50. This is a dark comedy about a 27-year-old that was diagnosed with cancer and his subsequent struggle trying to beat the cancer. Uh, This one is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, and Anna Kendrick. I'm a big fan of all three of those people. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Woo, that's a rough name, uh, he kind of seems to slip in and out of superstardom. He can be in something like Inception, and then he'll disappear for a long, long time. Uh, but I do like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love Seth Rogen. I just love the stoner, stoner humor, and he brings it to everything he does. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned last week that I'm in love with Anna Kendrick. Uh, but this is a dark comedy about a guy trying to beat cancer. Uh, it's a heavy subject, and they work on the they work the comedy angle, 
And that sounds kind of cool. I've never heard of this movie. It's from 2011, 50-50. I assume that's, they're trying to say like he has a 50-50 chance of surviving or dying, uh, which I guess is kind of some dark humor in itself. I might end up watching this. I'm going to put this on my list of movies to watch. All right. As Good As It Gets from 1997. I'm sure you've seen the poster for this movie with Jack Nicholson holding that dog up. Uh, this isn't my kind of thing. It's starring Jack Nicholson, Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear. It's kind of middle-of-the-road, feel-good comedy. Uh, not my thing, but check it out if it is if it is for you. Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. Oh, boy. This is a 3D comedy horror film. Uh, remember those, like, nine months in the early 2000s or early 2010s when we were trying to make 3d 3d movies a thing again this was one of them uh there was attack of the 50 foot woman from there was like a movie in the 60s attack of the 50 foot woman i assume this is supposed to be a rehashing or a play on that but it just doesn't seem good there doesn't seem anything good about this movie Attack the Block from 2011. This is a UK movie. It's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the tagline is inner city versus outer space. So it looks like uh, just some kind of poor inner city people trying to deal with an alien invasion. But it's 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. That might be a halfway decent show. I mean, it sounds kind of generic, but it's got some good scores. A very Brady sequel. Oh my God! Why? Why? Why does this kind of stuff happen? Why do we keep rehashing like garbage out of the eighties? Um, nobody should ever watch a very Brady sequel. Don't put any hours or streams into this. Don't reward the people that made this kind of thing. A very Brady sequel. Ugh, no. Uh, a Back to the Future. All three parts coming to Amazon Prime this month. Uh, I assume we've all seen it, right? If you're listening to this po- if you're listening to this podcast, you're a movie person, and you've probably seen Back to the Future. But have you seen it in the last five or ten years? This is the kind of movie that you. This is the kind of series that you can go back and keep rewatching. Uh, I was doing some ruminating on the Back to the Future series, and I was thinking that Back to the Future Part Two was my favorite. And I'm almost certain that's the one that I used to see on TV the most often. Uh, However, that's the lowest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's down to 66%. Uh, That's kind of interesting. I wouldn't have thought that movie was going to be rated that low. Uh, But Back to the Future, regardless of 66% or 166%, it's required viewing, right? If you haven't seen it in the last five years, check them out. It'll be a blast, I promise. Beloved, 1998. This one is a movie about Oprah Winfrey. She stars as Seth, a slave on a Kentucky plantation in the days before the Civil War. I don't remember anything about this movie. I don't remember the name of it, anything like that. Uh, You know, no matter what you think of Oprah Winfrey, she does very few films, and the ones that she does pick to do are generally higher caliber. So if you're looking for something about 
you know, a, a slave living on a plantation right before the Civil War, I have to imagine this is going to be a halfway decent movie. All right, cocktail. This is the Tom Cruise movie where he is just the world's most ridiculous bartender. Uh, I do know that Tom Cruise took an actual expert-level bartending class to learn how to flip all these bottles around, mix all these drinks, shake the shaker. Uh, You know, you watch those episodes of Bar Rescue, and there's all these clumsy bartenders that don't know what they're doing, and then there's they bring in the professionals, and that's what Tom Cruise was doing. Uh, This is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a kind of fun movie. So this is the kind of one kind of movie where if you're with a bunch of friends, you want to watch Tom Cruise do his thing, but you don't want to see him run a million miles an hour and jump off the sides of buildings. Cocktail serves all those needs. All right, we got Due Date from 2010. This one is Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. They're starring in it. Uh, There's a silly guy and a straight guy stuck in a car trying to reach a joint destination. It's one of those kind of movies. Uh, I believe Robert Downey Jr., uh, his wife is having a um, is going into labor, is giving birth, and he ends up getting picked up in a car by Zach Galifianakis, asking to get a ride to the hospital, and they're both going towards the same place. But Robert Downey Jr. is a straight guy. Zach Galifianakis is the goofy guy. And surprise, they don't get along very well. Uh, it kind of makes me think, Trains, planes, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, but just worse. As much as I love Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr., you're not going to beat planes, trains, and automobiles. So just watch the original. E.T., the extraterrestrial, coming to Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know what I can say about this. Uh, I guess everything I can say about this I also said about... Uh, Back to the Future, right? Uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, if you're listening to my voice, you have seen E.T. However, if you haven't seen it in the last five or ten years, I'd say it's probably been at least 15 for me personally. I feel like the last time I saw it was probably in middle school. Uh, I think it's time for a rewatch, right? Uh, although... E.T. is definitely more child-focused than uh, Back to the Future. So it's E.T. is much better to watch with your kids if you have them. Back to the Future is just an absolute romp that you're going to enjoy no matter your age. All right, we've got Extract. This one was written and directed by Mike Judge. Uh, came out in 2009. I remember seeing a million commercials for this movie. Uh, It is starring Jason Bateman, Mila Kunis, Kristen Wiig, Ben Affleck. Uh, The name, the title of the movie Extract refers to the fact that Jason Bateman owns a flavor extracts factory where he can make the flavor of vanilla or he can make lime or he can make orange or whatever you want. Cherry, hurrah. Uh, But the crux of the entire film is the fact that Jason Bateman, I think, is attracted to his underling at work Mila Kunis and he is trying to get his wife to cheat on him that way he gets a free pass and he can uh I guess get together with Mila Kunis it's something around those lines uh it's not Mike Judge's best effort 
Uh, I do love Mike Judge, and I would probably watch anything he's done in general, including Extract. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to put it on my list for this month, but it's watchable. It's not going to be top tier. Uh, it's definitely romantic comedy. But there's something a little icky about the partner swapping, especially the uh, like the behind-the-back partner swapping. That feels really icky in 2021, uh, and it just it doesn't go over well. All right, we've got For Colored Girls, 2010. These are stories from a collection of 20 poems that affect women in general and women in color. It's kind of a social commentary. This kind of reminds me of the Vagina Monologues, where they just take a bunch of poems that are impactful to women, uh, whether they're positive or whether they are... Uh, a difficult experience that this person went through and how they recovered from that experience or what have you. And these are, instead of just the vagina monologues, which are empowering just women in general, this is for colored girls, which is a similar story, but it's more focused on women of color. Uh, awesome. When I was in college, I went to go see the vagina monologues uh, more times than I can imagine. Uh, it was always a valentine's day thing uh, i had a steady girlfriend in val in college i had a whole bunch of friends that were in the vagina monologues and it was always just a really uh, i don't know if i want to say it was a good time it was always very emotional it was always very important to everybody that was there but yeah for colored girls i think this is going to be a very impactful program for a lot of people all right, and we're going to go from For Colored Girls into I Can Do Bad All By Myself, Tyler Perry. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a single Tyler Perry movie. I'm not sure what his appeal is. I don't know what the through line of all of his movies are. I know there's a Medea character that Tyler Perry plays himself. Uh, is she in all of them? Because... When I was reading about this, it made mention that Medea is in this film. I I don't I don't get Tyler Perry movies. I have no idea what's going on in those. But he's made a lot of money, so uh it sounds like the joke's on me. Uh we've got In the Line of Fire, nineteen ninety three. Uh this one is a Clint Eastwood movie. I guess he's playing a Secret Service agent. Uh, and it's after Kennedy was assassinated. So the Secret Service agent is, I guess, determined not to let an assassin take out the current president. Eh, I don't know. I'm not a Clint Eastwood guy. It's, this seems very generic 90s action thriller, which could work for a lot of people, but it's just, eh, not me. Uh, after that, we've got Neil Young's, Neil Young, Heart of Gold. This is a 2006 movie. It's partially document or do partially concert style, where they're going to have a whole lot of his songs, play like him playing his songs on uh, a stage. But there's also going to be a lot of documentary styles woven in, documentary like stories woven into it. So after he does "Sweet Caroline," then they're going to go tell about him growing up and learning to play the guitar, and then he'll do. Uh, Shiloh and then they'll tell another story from his life that kind of thing uh, I grew up listening to a lot of Neil Young 
That was one thing that my dad always played during long car trips. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a great artist, but he... It definitely hits a certain chord, and I still listen every once in a while. Neil Young is kind of nice middle country music. Patriot Games. Uh, I never knew this, but this is a sequel to Red October. Uh, I guess there was a... Uh, there was Hunt for Red October, Dober, <laughs> Patriot Games, and then there was another one. These are all based on Tom Clancy novels. I had no idea, uh, but they're all supposed to be really, really good. They're all above 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Patriot Games is starring Harrison Ford. Uh, this one's a little bit dated. I guess this would also fall into what I've been referring to as generic 90s action movies, but this one looks pretty good. I don't think you could go wrong with this one. Uh, Patriot Day. This is a movie about the search for the Boston Marathon bomber. It's starring Mark Wahlberg. I guess there's something called Patriot's Day in Massachusetts. So that's uh, where they're taking the name of the movie from. Patriot Day, Patriot's Day. Um, I don't know. It seems a little bit weird to take a real-world tragedy like the Boston Marathon bombing and work it into the plot of a movie. That seems a little bit odd to me. Uh, I could... I mean, I'm really... I'm Before I'm giving you guys a brief on these movies, I'm giving myself a slightly deeper brief. So I could be totally wrong about this. But that just seems kind of weird. And... I don't know, there's a lot of heisty, like, not heist, but, you know, get the bad guy kind of movies that I've already mentioned in this podcast. I don't know if this one's for me. We've got Priceless. Uh, I've never heard of this movie. It's from 2016. I guess the main character, he lost custody of his daughter. Now he's agreed to a trucking job to go across country. No questions asked. He's just getting the job, he's going to make a lot of money off of it, and there's no questions asked, you know, that kind of thing. And by getting across the country and taking this job, he's going to have an opportunity to see his daughter. But because he took this trucking job and he can't ask any questions, as things are revealed, it turns out he's a human trafficker. Oh no! Um, I feel like this is kind of a... Uh, what do I want to say? It's it's a cheap, it's kind of a cheap thrill. Um, I think that human trafficking, uh, like there's the whole child pedophilia sex ring going on in Hollywood that so many people like to talk about that it, that either is or isn't real. I feel like I might be going down a weird dark road right now. But when you start talking about these things, I mean, does human trafficking happen? Yes, it does. That's that's a very unfortunate thing that happens in our world. Uh, child sex trafficking. Yeah, there's evidence of it happening. It's very unfortunate. But when you put it as like the crux of your film, especially the crux of a kind of bad film, like this Priceless, uh, I feel like you're just kind of just yanking on people's heartstrings. And you're going, all right, it's a bad movie, but we're going to make you... But if you don't like this movie... Oh, jeez, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, 
I don't know. Like I said earlier, these kind of things just make me feel icky. And I think it's the point is more to get something out of you by manipulating your feelings rather than present you with the truth or present you with something reasonable. And that's why it just makes me feel icky. I feel like it's an attempt to manipulate, which I guess watching movies is an attempt to manipulate. I mean, we're watching them, so our emotions will go in different directions. But uh, it's just the more I talk about it, the ickier I feel. So I'm going to move on to Rain Man, which I think I've mentioned in every one of my podcasts so far this month. I think Rain Man is on HBO Max and Netflix as well. So if you've been listening, I think you've already heard my thoughts on Rain Man. Uh, It's a decent movie from 1988. Uh, Do what you will with it. I'm not going to watch Rain Man. Religious from 2008. This was a big movie for me. Uh, This was a movie starring Bill Maher. And it's just a movie about how religion is used to manipulate large portions of people, large populations of people, to grow wealth for individuals. And it just kind of explains why big religion is bad for humanity. Uh, Individual spirituality can definitely be good and it can certainly be helpful. But when religion starts being used to manipulate the masses, and it's almost impossible that it won't be, that's when religion starts becoming kind of a bad thing. So Religious is a really good documentary. Uh, I'd, I recommend it. I think Religious should be watched by a lot of people. All right, we're going to follow that up with Rushmore from 1999. I hear a lot about Rushmore. I haven't actually seen it hanging out on any of the streaming platforms, so I'm going to do my best to watch this one. But this is supposed to be a really good coming-of-age drama. Think like The Breakfast Club or The Graduate or Heathers. Uh, this was not a John Hughes film, so it did get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But it is still highly regarded. So uh, if you're looking for just a really good a feel-good coming-of-age drama, Rushmore is supposed to be amazing. So highly recommend it. Shine a Light. This is the Martin Scorsese film on the Rolling Stones. If you're a big Martin Scorsese film, you know that he uses like one or two Rolling Stones songs in every single one of his movies. Uh, He's a big fan of the Rolling Stones. And if you're going to watch a movie about a band, it might as well be made by Martin Scorsese, right? And a filmmaker that that truly loves the band as well. So this is a really good kind of band musical type of movie to watch. I I highly recommend it, and I'm just a big fan of Martin Scorsese in general. We got Silverado, 1985. This is one of Kevin Costner's very early cowboy movies. Uh, it's kind of generic. It's not supposed to be bad, but I think I said on another one of my podcasts earlier this month, I'm not a Kevin Costner fan. Uh, your dad might like this movie. Your grandfather might like this movie. Uh, but uh, Kevin Costner cowboy movies are just boring. We've got Sliver from 1993. This one is an erotic thriller. You guys know how much I love erotic thrillers. Uh, only 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think if we could find a way to like categorize these different movie types 
and find their average Rotten Tomato scores, I think erotic thrillers would probably have the lowest average scores. I, I, like I said earlier, I just I don't know what these are for. Who these are for? What were we doing? Sydney White. Oh, ah, I get it. Sydney White. Uh, this one's starring Amanda Bynes. Uh, this is a modern day retelling of Snow White. Yeah, Sydney White, Snow White. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, although this is a uh, Snow White's kind of a fairy tale, and Ten Things I Hate About You was a modern retelling of Shakespeare. Taming of the Shrew. I'm pretty sure that's right. So it's a little different, but it's still it's a modern day retelling of classical stories, and it's just kind of cool. Uh, I definitely like Ten Things I Hate About You. I, oh, I'm trying to think what happened to Amanda Bynes. I think she, I don't think it was good. Uh, I think she might have had some issues with Hollywood and she got kind of washed away. But I remember watching a lot of Amanda Bynes on Nickelodeon growing up. I watched all of the, like, all that that was my intro into sketch comedy and that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't 100% know what happened to Amanda Bynes, but from what I remember, I liked her. All right, we're going forward to The Full Monty. Uh, this movie came out in 1997, and even though I was in... Uh, I was nine years old, so I had to bet in elementary school. I remember this movie making an impact. Uh, I think this has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is huge. Uh, I did look it up. This movie had a budget of $3.5 million. In the box office, it made $258 million. So it made 86 times what it cost. Uh, this movie was ahead of its time. Uh, if you remember from 1997, this was the movie The Full Monty. It was a bunch of guys that were getting up on stage and stripping naked. And in 1997, that was pretty wild. And I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I have no idea what the censorship issues were, if they ever showed anything. Uh, but I remember seeing the commercials where, you know, they would strip off their pants and there'd be a microphone or something in the way. And this just made such a crazy impact that, like, there were kids on the playground talking about it. And they knew what stripping was because of the commercials for the full Monty. And I think this movie was just ahead of its time because I think it would be really embraced now. And it's still got a 97%. But it was kind of a weird cult kind of thing back then. But the full Monty... I feel like it has just kind of really interesting kind of history hanging out on it. All right, moving on to The Spirit. This was a Frank Miller movie. If you remember that movie that came out after Sin City that looked like Sin City but wasn't Sin City, that was The Spirit. Uh, it was very similar filming style. It had that uh, almost comic book movie, like, it was a movie, but it looked like comic book panels and that kind of thing. Uh, it had a pretty low score. 
It's not supposed to be great. I was a big fan of Sin City. Uh, that was one of the only graphic novels I've ever read. And the movie was pretty good, too. Otherwise, I don't think the spirit is really worth watching. Moving on. We've got The Terminal from 2004. This is one of those movies that was playing at the movie theater when I worked there. Uh, this is Tom Hanks when he got stuck in that airport. Um, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of crap about this movie since it came out. I understand people don't really like this movie. I really did enjoy it. Like, like I said, I took when I worked at the movie theater... When you go on break, you basically just go watch a movie for 15 minutes. And I would go watch 15 minutes of The Terminal frequently. Uh, it might be some of my mom's love of Tom Hanks was still infecting my little 16-year-old brain. But, uh, okay, so Tom Hanks, he takes a plane ride from his home country of Krakosia. And he lands in the United States, and by the time he lands, there's been some kind of political coup, and his country of origin no longer exists. So his passport doesn't is not valid, so he can't go through security. So he's just hanging out in the airport. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It's not the airport. The boarding area? Yes, the boarding area, the airport boarding section. And he's just stuck there. And he has to figure out how to survive. Uh, he ends up like collecting carts and returning them to the cart return and getting quarters. And he takes those quarters to the vending machines and he's able to buy food and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of an interesting little thing. Uh, it's not true. A lot of people thought this was a real movie. Uh, it's definitely not. It's just kind of an interesting experiment in writing. I say watch The Terminal. It's got Tom Hanks, if nothing else, right? And Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's got Tom Hanks and Catherine Zeta-Jones, who was very, very watchable in 2004. So I'll leave that alone. I'll move forward. The whole nine yards. Uh, this is from 2000. It's an American crime comedy ensemble heist style movie. This was like Ocean's Eleven a year or two before Ocean's Eleven came out. Uh... I don't know. If you want to watch the whole nine yards, why not just watch Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Twelve or one of those, right? Uh, Tombstone from 1993. This is another classic American cowboy movie. Like I've said, I'm not big on the Western cowboy stuff unless it's a space Western. Then I'm all in. Uh, but Tombstone tells the story of the actual outlaws and lawmen uh, like the famous ones, Wyatt Earp, Johnny Ringo, Doc Holliday, some of those guys. Uh, it's supposed to be a very, very, very good movie, but I've never seen it. Uh, but I will recommend it, despite having never seen it. So, watch Tombstone. Uh, we've got another Tyler Perry movie, Meet the Browns. Uh, like I said, I don't have a whole lot to say about these movies. I've never seen them, but they've made a lot of money. So there you go. We've got W from 2008. This was Oliver Stone's uh, take on George W. Bush's biography. So it wasn't like he collaborated with George W. Bush. Oliver Stone just kind of took all of the 
stories that Oliver Stone wanted to tell about George W. Bush's life and told them through his own lens. So it's it's a little bit harsh. It tells a specific story that Oliver Stone wanted to tell. Uh, however, I think it also shows a lot of very interesting things that went on uh, during George W. Bush's life. So I recommend it. I think you should watch it, but do be aware that it's not a straight one-to-one documentary. It is, it's telling a story. And the last movie that is coming out on Amazon Prime on March 1st, Wet Hot American Summer. This is the 2001, the original version. Uh, This was not the Netflix rehash that came out a couple years ago, Uh, but they're very similar movies. It's basically a group of good-looking young comedians. I think uh, I saw Paul Rudd, Janine Garofalo, a couple other comedians that were up and coming at the time they run a camp and during the day they make fun of the kids during the night they get into sexy fun time uh wet hot american summer a little generic but it's got good comedians it could be it's probably worth watching all right we're done with the movies we are most of the way through this we're just gonna hit on the tv shows coming out to amazon prime uh, almost all of these were, yeah, I don't know anything about any of these TV series, so stick with me. Coming out March 1st, we've got The Returned. This is a French show about a small town uh, in France where the long-dead citizens start coming back to life. So I don't know if it's a zombie thriller. I don't know if these French citizens come back and start painting I'm not really sure where it's going, but there is a French show about zombies. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere south. This is a PBS show. Uh, It's a show about Southern American cooking and what it means to that region. So uh, in America, in the United States, Southern cooking is a very important part of their culture. And there's certain dishes that have a very important regional meaning. And I think this is just a documentary to kind of uncover some of the interesting, what some people might say weird or unique foods that they're eating in the South and how those foods came to be and what their importance is to the area. Uh, I'm not a big cooking show guy, but that sounds kind of interesting. We've got Night Watch. This is coming from A&E. They do a lot of the crime shows. And this show follows first responders around New Orleans working the late shift. It kind of sounded like cops or live PD, except they're just going around with first responders. Uh, I think that could be very appealing to the right kind of crowd. Fifth Ward. Uh, This is a show about a neighborhood in Houston that is traditionally all black and the series explores what it's like to grow up in this poor black neighborhood and that you're right in the middle of Texas, which is uh, maybe not the most diverse state in the union. uh, And just what it's like living up 
what it's like growing up there, how you have to live there, what differences it's like being in the Fifth Ward versus other parts of the state. Uh, this one sounds very interesting. So Fifth Ward, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. Brad Meltzer's Decoded. This was a series from 2010, and uh, Brad Meltzer is the host, and his team just kind of look into conspiracy theories, and I don't know if they debunk or confirm anything, but they just kind of give you evidence that you can do what you wish with. We've got Breathless Season 1. This is another PBS show. Uh, this is a period drama from PBS. Uh, if there's anything I hate more than period dramas, it's period dramas coming from public broadcasting. Ugh, that sounds like a good way to get yourself to go to bed at night. Uh, we got Captain Marlowe, Season 1. This is another French show, uh, but it is about a police chief who's kind of weird. Uh, I saw some of the pictures of it. He's got like... His hair is all messed up and his badge is sideways. And he just kind of looks like that average wacky, goofy guy. But he's the police chief and he's also supposed to be very empathetic. Uh, I don't know. It's It seems like uh, it reminds me of uh, Andy Griffith almost. The Griffith Show. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but it exists, right? There you go. Now you know. Uh, Civilizations, season one. This is a PBS documentary. Uh, this is this has been out for a while. I was able to look up some reviews on it. And this is a very highly rated show where they just, every episode, they take a look at different civilizations. Hence the name of the show, Civilizations. So there will be one episode about the Egyptians, another episode about Romans, another episode about Mesopotamians, uh, that kind of thing. And it just tells you about ancient civilizations. And that sounds awesome. All right, guys. We got through the first of the month. That's where the bulk of all of this is. We just have a few more movies and TV shows coming out through the rest of the month. So if you'll stick with me, we can crank those out. The big movie coming to <clears throat> Amazon. Sorry. The big movie coming to Amazon Prime this month is Coming to America 2. Uh, if you remember the original Coming to America with Eddie Murphy, where I think he was like a wealthy prince or a king or something, and he ended up coming to America and learning our customs and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, in 2021, it's going to be the original Coming to America is going to be very outdated and it's going to be very, it's not going to look great. Uh, this new Coming to America, it's only 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. I haven't watched it, but I do think this is a really good timing for the movie to come out with everything being the new woke culture and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, I think they could kind of, they could take some of the old tropes that they did with the original Coming to America and put a new modern spin on them where it was a little less racist, a little less tacky, a little less that kind of thing. Um, so I haven't watched it. That's kind of my hope for what they're doing with it. Um, 
but it is a good t- it's a good moment in time for them to do that kind of thing. Mostly, I don't like the sequels coming out, you know, ten plus years later, and this is much more than ten years later. But if they have an interesting idea, if they can sell it really well, then I guess my opinion doesn't matter so much as the ratings and the money they make from it. So, moving forward, we have we're going we're all the way at March 10th all of a sudden. We just went from March 1st to March 10th. So here we go. On March 10th, we've got Jack and Jill. And that begs the question, is Jack and Jill the worst Adam Sandler film ever made? Rotten Tomatoes says no. Jack and Jill is rated at 3%, but The Ridiculous 6 is all the way down at 0%. So, Jack and Jill, you've got competition for the worst movie Adam Sandler ever made. March 12th, we've got Honest Thief. This is this one's from 2020, so it's just a year old. Uh, a thief turns himself in because he wants to live an honest life. He no longer wants to go around stealing. Because that's what you do when you want to stop stealing is you turn yourself in rather than stop stealing. And the two FBI agents that hear about this, they double-cross him. Oh, no. Uh, this kind of sounds like one of those movies where they came up that, with the name of it before they came up with the story. Uh, those those are never good, right? Honest Thief? Blech. I do not recommend All right, we've got Making Their Mark. This is an Amazon original series, and it's a look at Australian Rules Football League. This could be kind of cool. I think Australian Rules Football is somewhere between American football and rugby. So if you have any questions about what Australian Rules Football is, there is a documentary on Amazon starting this month. March 19th. Words on Bathroom Walls. This one sounds kind of interesting. It came out in 2020. Uh, I did copy down the exact synopsis so I can read that to you guys. Diagnosed with a mental illness halfway through his senior year of high school, a witty, introspective teen struggles to keep it a secret while falling in love with a brilliant classmate who inspires him to not be defined by his condition. Uh, On the one hand, it kind of seems like a boring, uh, just high school romantic drama, whatever. But it also could be something underneath there. Uh, You know, not all romantic dramas are bad the way I'd like to announce that they are. So it's very possible that Words on Bathroom Walls could be one of those romantic dramas that cuts through and kind of stands the test of time. All right, March 26th, we've got Invincible. This is an Amazon original series. This is an animated series. It's an adult animated series. Um, It's a superhero movie. It's a coming-of-age kind of thing, because I I watched a trailer for this, and it was set in, like, the halls of a classroom. So it's a superhero thing. It's an adult animated series. I'm kind of wondering why anybody but Disney would be doing adult superhero animated 
stuff right now. Anybody, I guess, other than Marvel or DC, because they're just cranking out so much content. That's the only question I really have, I guess. Um, this definitely doesn't look for me. I'm not in, look like something for me. I'm not into the superhero thing much. I'm really not into the adult animated thing much anymore. Uh, so I won't be watching Invincible. And it mostly just brings a lot of questions out in me. All right. March 29th, we've got Renegades from 1989. I don't know anything about this movie. Uh, I don't remember hearing about it, but Kiefer Sutherland is an undercover cop that teams up with a Native American to find a, to find a stolen Lakota tribal lance. Um, one of the awkward things in this movie is the Native American is being played by Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, one of those things from back in the late 80s. Uh, I believe Lou Diamond Phillips is primarily Filipino and Hispanic descent. I didn't look it up a whole lot, but I, I don't think he's Native American, which makes that kind of awkward. But moving forward, last movie coming to Amazon Prime this month, we've got The Ghost Rider. Uh, this is a ghost writer for the former prime minister comes across information that could uh, put his life in danger. So uh, if you don't know, there are many politicians, there are many comedians, lots of people don't write their own product. They have ghost writers do it for them, and then they pay them for the product. So I guess this is a movie about a ghost writer who, while he was getting all this information, writing up all his drafts and his products... Uh, he got information that let him know that his his family is in danger. That could be kind of interesting. That's a kind of that's kind of an original take on the drama thing. But that's it, guys. We made it. We're done with best flicks with Ricky D for this week. That is everything coming to Amazon Prime for the month of March. I'll be rehashing it again for you next month. Please follow me on Twitter. At Best Flicks, Ricky D. Get a hold of the at, uh, get a hold of the Sudden But Inevitable podcast and watch us live at Sudden But. And check out Twist My Arm on Facebook, where we have all of our podcasts that are part of the Twist My Arm network. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>